Hello everyone and welcome back. It's a full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider, presented to you by Stay Tuned with D-Ray. And a uh, warning for all of our listeners. We're in the car. We're, We're straight up in the car. Driving. We're on the Long Island Expressway right now. We just passed the Cross Island Parkway. We are en route to Rob's apartment in Brooklyn. I gotta drop Rob off because he's taking a flight. To Sweden. Yes. Rob works for Spotify. He's going to Sweden. <laughs> Which, if you've been an avid podcast listener for our podcast, you've noticed that I've had three different jobs over the past year. Yeah, that's which is true. true. Right, right. <laughs> Rob Rob is frequently unemployed because he can't hold the job down. It's Must just be a it. total mess of a guy. I'm, I'm relying on the podcast for my income. Yeah. <laughs> really struggling. Then, then you're homeless. <laughs> um, but... Right now, it's very interesting because we're in this weird spot. We're usually like totally fixed in on the Big East games, but Seton Hall, biggest, second biggest game of the year, like, and we were literally actually eaten at Buffalo Wild Wings with Chuck Everson from the 1985 team. Yes. And it was an awesome experience. We'll do a little shout out here. Chuck will be on the pod. We're still working out dates and yep. times and all that stuff. But we're going to do an interview with Chuck Everson from the 85 team. But we were just sitting there grabbing a couple beers, watching the game with Chuck. And we talk so much. He's, he's an amazing guy. It was hard to actually pay attention to the game. <laughs> Yeah. So so but but we did pay attention enough to get a feel for it and obviously tough to go oh and two this week. Um, so do you want to just jump into that? Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's go, yeah, we'll we'll get into it. And just so you know, my GPS says forty minutes. So we got the full forty to get Rob home. I'm dropping him off and that's when the podcast ends. So if I, we're mid sentence, that's it, we're just cutting it. it off. And yeah, there's probably gonna be some background noise. You may hear car horns, you're definitely gonna hear the sound of the engine so yes if it's gonna annoy you it's not gonna change unfortunately i've turned my heat off so it's freezing in the car right now (laughs) but we're really doing everything for our listeners everything we can this is the this is what we go through to bring you the full 40 all right let's jump in so butler tough loss at eagle field house not even just a tough loss a heart-wrenching yeah heart-wrenching loss always tough when you play in an open-air stadium and you have the rain coming down <laughs> oh my gosh i forgot about that yeah can yeah. we take a, a hot minute on that yeah that was, what, that was what the fuck is that that was insane yeah. it, because it, you know sometimes it's like oh yeah there's a little technical issue the shot clock doesn't work whatever it may be no there's water water on the court oh normally okay we should be able to fix that that was like a 15 minute delay they had guys up in the top of like the ceiling of the building putting a bucket out. And I was just like, what happens when the bucket is full? <laughs> it was a very elegant solution. That's like best we can come up with. Oh, we got a bucket. Let's just let's see if this works. Yeah, like what the freak is this? Um, it was it was wild. I thought when I was watching it, because I was watching it with no sound, and I thought like someone spilled a drink on the court, and then they kept like putting more towels down. And they didn't go right away to the roof right away. So yeah. I'm sitting there and like keep throwing towels down. And I'm like, are people just like throwing water on the court? Like, what is going on? And so 
obviously we figured out that there was a hole in the ceiling, but that was crazy. That game was tough. Butler shot like 60% uh, from the field and like 40, 45% from three. They shot the ball well. I don't think we particularly defended well, but I think it was a little bit more their shooting was hot. Um, My big takeaway, the thing, there were not a ton of things I liked from the game. The big thing I did like from the game was the fact that we were down a decent amount twice twice, yeah, and and fought back. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that effort. Look, just take a step back real quick. We're 0-2 this week. We're not coming out of this very pessimistic. I know we're 0-3 in our last three, and that's always tough to take. Coming off the St. John's game, I felt really good about where this team was headed. But improvement is not linear, and we faced three good teams, and we cut the bad end of it. Now, you don't expect to lose two games at home in a row, but it happens. And look, the Seton Hall, the Seton Hall game, like, I want to come back to Butler, but the Seton Hall team, like, I'm convinced they're just better. I'm just, like, they're just a better team. They're they're a very good team. And I'm going to take a slightly different tack than you on this. Three in a row is a little bit worrisome. Now, you, you could point to the 2016 team and say, oh, well, they lost three in a row as well. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. They did not do that. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of my point. This, this is a point that we've brought up time and time again. Consistently, the problem with this team is inconsistency. Yes. And three in a row now from with a lack of consistency – from a lot of our supporting players is really making it challenging for us to win against good teams. And who do we got coming up? We got Marquette coming up. So, Woof. so we lost to them away. Now I hope we'll get some revenge, and then we got Temple later in the week. We'll get to next week in a little bit. But just to come back to the Butler game, I mean, Colin played Baldwin perfectly on that on that buzzer beater, and that was a bad beat. I mean, that was a step back three. It was like a it was, lollipop shot. Wait, it was it was a career-defining shot for Kamar Ball. Of that, course. That is the shot that he's going to take that photograph, he's going to get it blown up, he's going to send it to his mom, he's going to send it to his aunt, he's going to get a 16 by 20 foot poster and just plaster it across his room because that's probably going to be like the highlight of his career. Just because that shot is amazing, it was literally a yeah. buzzer beater against a top team. It was a phenomenal shot. And there was nothing really to do. I mean, Colin played him perfectly. Now, the the issue is exactly that, is that Colin played him perfectly. Yeah, correct, because they switched Bay off of him. And it was interesting if you go back and watch the play, Bay almost decides to kind of fight through it, but he says, oh, no, like, I'll, I'll do the switch. And it is what it is. But you have to imagine that if Bay fights through that and if Bay stays on him, I don't think he blocks the shot but he probably alters that shot enough so that we're going to overtime. Yeah, I, I would I would think you're right. I mean, even Colin, like, defended him well enough to Very well. miss him. But it, it's one of those things where, hey, look, you get hit by a puzzle beater. I was, I was blown away by it. I was upset. And I was talking to my wife after, and as we know, she's not a Villanova grad, so she has the benefit of a little bit of distance. Obviously, she's a huge fan, but she has the benefit of a little bit of distance. She goes, Chris... I think you guys have done okay on buzzer beaters over the last several yeah. years. I think you could take one back. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. Regular That's season game. If we're going to pay karma, I'd rather pay it in the regular season at Hinkle Fieldhouse. This was a good karma from uh, the Darren Hilliard shot from way back when. It was. At it was. Definitely. Yeah. So, 
it's a tough loss at Butler, but again, you're playing a ranked team on the road. They're coming out of a slump. It's good for the conference that they won in a, in a way. So, like, you know, fine. I mean, it was just run through the stats real quick. Like, this was a Colin and Bay game, which seems to be a developing theme. Yeah, which, that's like, worrisome. It, it's 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 great, and now we have two guys who you can now say are a little bit more of our alpha dogs, if you will. That said, one of the things we didn't like last year was that we were reliant on two players, and we are becoming very reliant on Colin and Sadiq. Yeah. Like, I mean, they had phenomenal, like, insane games looking to get at their stats. They both shot over 50% from the field. Sadiq was 5 for 8 from 3. They had 29 and 28 points, respectively. Like, good God. Yeah. That's phenomenal performances that, I don't want to say they're wasted, but kind of wasted. Yep. That's really just a shame. Um, while we're here, I mean, we could hit the alpha dog of the week, and it's Sadiq. Because, yeah. I mean, he had, what, 29 against Butler and 22, I think, today against yep. Seton Hall. So, yep. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, he's the obvious candidate for the ARF, ARF, Alpha Dog of the Week. Unfortunately, came up 0-2 in the week. Um, can we can we quick tangent on Sadiq yeah. and his rising profile? Yeah, I mean, Sadiq is amazing. So he got highlighted. Obviously, we talked earlier. You know, he was highlighted at the very beginning of the season as a uh, wooden list to watch, right? Midseason, he was wooden top 20 to watch. And then I think he, just this past week, he was um, top 10 for, was it Julie Serving Award? No, say it was It might have been. It might have been. I think that's right. I think that's right. So he's basically just picking up a ton of a ton of accolades. And a ton point. of recognition. I mean, the question for Sadiq Bey at this point, other than, you know, how far can he carry this team on his back, is... Can we? Is he going to go to the NBA this year? And that's going to be the question throughout the rest of the season and into next. My prediction is he's going to have more of like a, a Josh Hart, yeah. Where Hart was um, Hart went into the draft, stayed in the entire time until he absolutely had to leave, and then decided to duck out and come back to school for his senior year. Yeah, the only thing that's gotten me a little bit more concerned is just because he is picking up more and more recognition, and his play seems to be getting better and better game by game. His consistency is improving dramatically, and from the NBA podcast I've been listening to more and more, people just seem less and less excited by the day about the upcoming NBA draft prospects. Therefore, given that it is a weak NBA draft year, will it behoove him to actually jump in this year? I think that chance is definitely increasing at this point. I'm not ready to say he's going to go, but if you put a gun to my head, say, I think he's going to leave. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Unfortunately, neither of us will be proven right or wrong for a few months. So, my point being, enjoy Sadiq while he's still here. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, dude is a, a killer right now. Um, the Shaq Fit Man play of the week, I'm also going to give to Sadiq for the three that he hit to tie the game against Bowen, which was a nails three point. Oh my gosh, that was gutty. Yeah, gutty. Woo. And he had a couple of them pretty much towards the back end of that game to take that game to what should have been overtime. Should have been overtime, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh um, man, I thought we were out of that one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it was two gutty comebacks against Butler in one half. Yeah, and and that was an aspect that I hadn't, an aspect of this team that I hadn't seen yet. So it was pretty exciting to actually see that we could do that. Now, of course, we didn't close it out, right. but it is what it is. 
Um, Hall, look, I mean, Hall, I was amazed that we were up at halftime because we were down 20 to 10. Yeah. And they looked like to be fully in control. And we fought our way back, built like a four or five point lead at halftime, and then couldn't just hold on. And as I said, kind of leading off, I, I mean, I'm a big believer in Seton Hall this year. Seton Hall's got one of the one of the top players in the country in Miles Powell. They have so much depth at it seems like every position. So even with McKnight out, like they had, I mean, they got Sandro Mumish, uh, Kalish Vili. Uh, they had I said his name wrong this time. I got did, it right last time. Yeah, I'll say Mamo Kalish Vili. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm not going to try it. So. Yeah. Well, you get all the points on that one. They have Romero Gill. They had so many guys who can who can beat you, especially like down low. Gill is a fucking giant. Yeah, he's enormous. He's, he's like enormous. Seven, he's like seven three, I think. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah, absolute freight train. And and coordinated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he is actually quite coordinated, which and, is impressive. And so uh, I think Seton Hall is a very complete team, and I I mean I really believe the question for Seton Hall is if can they make the final four? Can they win a title? It's totally based on temperament. I really believe that about Hall. So, like, what's my feeling? I mean, I know they were 12 and we were 10. I, I, I think that they're the better team. I really do. And now they're three games up in the Big East, so it looks like the Big East is totally theirs to lose. They're totally in the driver's seat in the Big East Conference now. Yeah, which, I mean, look, we've given him a lot of credit. I think we still continue to give him credit. Um, Kemba Willard's doing a great job. And, I oh, mean, yeah. if, if they win the Big East regular season – that's going to be a huge deal for Seton Hall fans, yeah. as it should be. Yeah, They obviously won the Big East tournament a few years back, which is super cool, and I'm sure it fired up their fan base. But winning out over the course of the regular season, I'm just guessing that that will have a lot more meaning for their fan base, certainly, than, than we do uh, when we win the regular season, just because it's become such a, a regular occurrence. And, by the way, there isn't. that's not like, like we're never going to win every conference regular season. Like no. what Kansas did in the Big Twelve is unusual. There's a reason they get accolades for it. What we did for those several seasons in a row is unusual. Yes. And so what's my overall take on it? I'm not like I'm not like I'm not killing myself over this because Seton Hall's got a really good team this year. They got a lot of experience and they're good. And so, did I think that we would win at home? Yeah, I thought we'd win the game at home, and I thought we'd lose away. Yeah, and unfortunately, we now still have to play them away. Now we got to play them at their place. But my thought with that is that we have more to improve than they do. I think that they are not at peak in terms of their performance, but I think that they're closer to their peak performance than we are. And so I think that when, by the time we play them in March, it might be a little bit of a different story. Yeah, we've got almost a month until we play them. And yeah. you hope at that point we've gotten a little bit more consistent performance from some of the supporting cast. And, yeah, it ends up to be, not, I don't I don't want to say a more competitive game because the game was very close even towards the end until about the last two, call, two mid, minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. So, yeah, hopefully we can just kind of get it over the hump at this point. But, I mean... The, the thing that's going to keep coming up again is our supporting cast. Yeah, I mean, you look we got to talk about it. That's the story of this week. Yeah, like, JRE is like, we love JRE. We're, we're big JRE fans, certainly on the board's front. You know, you look at his stat line today, you say, oh, he had 9 and 14. Those are nice numbers. He also put up 15 shots. He was 4 for 15. Like, yeah. uh, it's just, it's not, it's not getting it done. 
Yeah, I mean, a couple of his threes that he shot, like, they clanked around the entire rim yep. and bounced out. That's 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 nothing. That's a game of inches type of thing. I do want him to see I do want to see him hit those three pointers more because I know he has that in his arsenal and he has hit them. Yeah. Um, and it'll make his game more dangerous if he can do it a little bit more at a higher clip. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing with JRE is he's soft around the he's soft around the hoop. Yeah. He's he doesn't he doesn't have that like throw it down or like or like real strong man mentality down low. We need some more Shaq fit man plays from him. We do. That's what we need. We do. He's not like a rim rocker, like like like, and he's not built like <laughs> a Chef. Rim rocker. He's not built like Chef, but like Chef and Omari were like a little bit more like that. Even Pascal yeah, had that yeah, more yeah. in him. No, I, I, I think Bay's got that to his game too. And 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 Jerry, even though I get the sense that he's very mature, very hard nosed guy, works real hard. Doesn't seem to have that gear yet that he could turn on where he's just like owns a guy and just like stuffs and puts him on a poster. Yeah. Like I'm not seeing that from him yet. We want that's, to see it. That's his area of development. He needs to work on that a little bit more. Um, obviously, great nose for the ball on the, on the glass. Um, Samuels is the developing story right now. And it was weird because he hit a bunch of shots. So he scored like 10 early points. He had like the whole, yeah. he had like scored all the points for the team early in today's game and Samuels was just like fade into the distance again and I'm like what is it's, going it's, on yeah like if you look at his stat line absent that you'd say oh four for seven he was two for five from three like, oh that's that's a nice performance but yeah we want to see more like want to fucking kill it yeah like just go at it he's dude. a guy who can be an absolute killer and he's got that posterized mentality yeah, too sometimes sure. when he gets going downhill charging at the hoop so Here's my guess with Samuels. I think there's a little bit more to that injury than than has been made. Mm. I think he's look. I know like how Villanova operates when it comes to injured players. They do not take risks. Yep. But I think there's probably maybe some lingering soreness that's okay to play on. He's got to kind of work through it, or it could be a little bit between the ears in the sense of like, look, he is a little bit ginger or is a little bit nervous because he wants to work himself back in. But he was playing so good. He had like maybe out of like 10 games leading up to that, he had like nine double-digit games. Yeah. And then he hit that injury and it kind of like really kind of like ended up being like a big speed bump for him. And I don't think it's easy to come back and like right away and be and be right back into it. But we need him. We need him. We've been saying this on the podcast from day one. We need him to be the third guy and be consistently that third guy because this team is one big player away from being, like, really hard to beat. Yeah. Um, but we got to find a way to balance the load with more um, with Gillespie and Bay. Uh, we're relying a little too heavily on Bay and Gillespie. And, I mean, the difference in today's game, if – given the amount of shots that went up is if JRE and Gillespie both hit a couple more shots it's a totally different game so I, I but you can't just rely on that see those guys to get a hot hand I mean Gillespie I think was 0 for 5 from yeah, deep wasn't his day and it wasn't his day I mean even still he had 12 6 and 4 so I mean it, it's tough the, the one guy I want some more and more more all of a sudden seems to have taken a back seat it's a little bit. It's interesting because he was weird. he was so such an alpha 
mentality earlier in the season. He had, I think it was like four or three or four weeks in a row where he was Big East freshman of the week, and he absolutely deserved it. Dude looked like he was, you know, he was playing like a junior at that point. He was so comfortable. He was putting up shots. He was making the shots. You know, he only took five shots against Butler. He took eight shots today. only made two of them. So, you know, maybe he was trying to be a little bit more aggressive there. But, yeah, that was a guy who I thought it almost slotted into, oh, yeah, this guy is going to be contributing very regularly. And we can even rely on him when the other guys are down to step up and drop 15 or 20 because he has done that already. Yeah. And not seeing that from him the past few games. So I'd love to see a little bit, a little bit more from Justin Moore. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an element to this that the guys are a little bit in the dog days of February. It's kind of at that point of the season where it's like getting a little bit like a long season. Mm. You know, we talked early in the year, in November and December, we had no like games that were back to back. Now we're on a regular schedule. These guys had a good January. And then now that we've hit February, it seemed to hit a little bit of like a, a rough patch. Yeah. And I think it could, I think there could be a little bit to that in that. It's just kind of like it's getting long in the middle of the season. Like March is still a few games away. And, you know, these guys could just be – I'm not saying that there's any lack of effort. I'm yeah. just saying that it's a little bit of like uh, we're going through the motions a little bit and trying to get consistent. And sometimes this happens. Yeah. And also I wonder too how much of it is like, hey, Jay is <laughs> – we've talked about this before too. Jay is also shortening this bench. I don't know if guys are necessarily tired yet, but it could be contributing – to it we're more or less playing six players and, and any you, significant minutes and you know the way that these guys play between the way more fights around for stuff i mean gillespie's obviously very hard-nosed bay is very hard-nosed these guys got to be banged up i would have to imagine yeah. and yeah the big east as we've discussed is no joke this year right so it's not like you're getting games off no there's no games off there's no game even off. say even st john's yeah we beat up st john's it's still a fight Oh, yeah, absolutely. For a lot of the game, it was a fight, and then we just kind of pulled away. Yeah, for sure. All right, so... Uh, is our outlook... So what's the overall outlook right I mean, now? look, the outlook for me, I think I'm a little bit more pessimistic than you. Like, it's... I, I am coming down a little bit. I was very bullish and talking, hey, are we going to make a deeper March run? All right, I'm retempering those expectations a little bit. Where There's you a lot... Sweet 16-ish, second uh, weekend team? I mean, ideally... I think here's what I think is going to happen. I think we'll get the ship righted. I think we're talking Sweet 16 team, and I think that's probably about where we're capping out. Okay. Hey, look, if you get into that second weekend, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of the tournament, yes. Good segue. The NCAA released their top 16 teams uh, this afternoon, and it included games leading up to basically today's games or Thursday's games yeah. or something like that. So it included the Butler loss. Um, and we came out as a three seed. Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting, which is about what you expect. We were ranked 10. Um, we lost at a ranked team away. That doesn't usually hurt you too bad. Um, and so we were a three seed going in right now. We're probably, you could argue, maybe we slipped back one, but you lost to Seton Hall, which was also a three seed. Yeah. Now, based on that, you might say, okay, we're a four now, they're a two. And now you can start to, once you start to see that happen, you can start to like, mentally figure out where you're going to be. So it was good to see us be on the three line, not the four line, because that tells me that 
that loss to Butler and now the loss to Seton Hall is not killing our chances of being a top four yeah. protected seed. Absolutely. Right? Because those top four seeds are protected in terms of their first and second round sites. Yeah. Um, so we still have a chance to play close to home in the first and second round, even though we've lost three games in a row. So, look, if we end the season and go on a winning streak, go a little bit of a heater to end the season, we're going to be absolutely fine. We're going to be in those top four seeds. For sure. And we're going to be absolutely fine and be in a position where we absolutely can make the Sweet 16. Yeah, it was nice to see that the tournament committee is giving us credit. The whole Big East, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll talk about that for a quick minute. So, Chris mentioned um, Seton Hall was also a three seed. Butler was ranked as a four seed. So to have three Big East teams in the top 16 at this point in the season, that's awesome. Like that's, It's enormous. It's crazy. It's, we haven't, you know, we keep talking about wanting to see more consistency across the Big East. And this is finally to the point where you say, hey, you can't ask for a whole lot more at this point in the season than to have three teams in the top 15, 16 teams across the country. The best year that the Big East has, we had two one seeds with Xavier and us. Right. Um, going back a couple years. Yes. Right? Agree. And, like, that, that's terrific. That's and, an anomaly. But but last year, just to play, we were a six seed, and Marquette was the best coming out of the Big East, and they were five. Oh, God. Right? So, wow. like, this that's year, so this yeah. year we have two threes and a four right now. Um, that's where you want to be. You want to be there because then me, that means that those ones and twos have a chance to lose. If the threes and the fours keep beating up on the lower end of the conference, it'll continue to raise their profile. There's a chance that we could have a couple of two seeds, maybe a three, or maybe at least three of those teams. And Butler's win against us definitely had to help them. They were probably the last team in to that top 16. But, hey, that means something. And hey. if they can keep winning... They're going to be in a good spot. Yeah, last last team in is still a team in at this oh, point. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It, and it was, what is cool is that, hey, Butler also went through a three-game skid. Seemed to have turned it around. And, again, the tournament committee not docking them too much for that. Yep. So, kind of pulse check about where the Big East is at this point in the season. I'm pretty damn satisfied. Like, for the conference as a whole. Could we do better? Sure. Yeah. But that's pretty great. I'll take that. Yeah. And we want these Big East teams to keep winning. Yeah, there was like there was some dialogue about. Did we talk about this in the last podcast? But like a little how bit. we want. Yeah, okay. So we don't need to get into it. But basically, yes, top teams keep doing well. Like I'm basically polling for Seton Hall and Butler at this point to continue to perform. Right. If we don't win the Big East title, so be it. I'll deal with it. Yeah, we could deal with it, and you could always settle business in MSG. That's right. And the real the real stats are in March and April. That's right. That's right. Um. All right, so that was a tournament outlook, basically. Yeah. So we got coming up, we got Marquette, and then we got at Temple. Yeah. Let's talk about at Temple for a little bit. They're not good. I don't know much about the team, but they're not good. I know they're not good. Quint- Quentin Rose is the guy. Yeah, Quentin Rose. They always have a player that's like named Quentin. Is this the truth? It's probably the same player for like the past like three years. Yeah, it might be. He might be a senior, and I'm just used to them having a, a Quentin guy. In which you're not wrong. Right. I. It's absolutely. Then I mean, absolutely correct. But. Um, yeah, they're Quint- not having a great. Quint- Quentin Rose is a senior, so yeah, he's, yeah. he's been around. Well, they, for they always have this Quentin Rose guy. <laughs> As things tend to go, he <laughs> ages through the program. 
<laughs> oh my god, it's um, amazing. Yeah, Quentin but, Rose, the guy. 15 points. The other guy you need to know, Nate Pierre Lewis? Louis? I assume yeah. it's Lewis. Averages about 12 points a game. Those are the only guys in double digits. We have a. We're They're at, terrible. They're yeah. 11 and 11. We're, we're, we're playing them at the Leacora Center in Philly in a week. And the key thing. For, for that game is we got to win that game because they're not good and on top of that that'll secure the perfect 4-0 and the big 5 championship which is one of the stated goals for the team every single year yes. as much as the fan base doesn't care right. Jay Wright continues to push the narrative that the big Jay, 5 Jay it's cares. current construct matters so we at the full 40 care Ooh. we care well, do we? Uh, yeah and especially because we got to win these games <laughs> I, well, yeah we got to win the games that's, yeah. that's true that's yeah. true um, and then we got Marquette. They're coming home. Revenge game. And I'm amped up for this revenge game. I hate Marquette. Let's talk about this for a little bit. All right. I hate Marquette. I hate Steve Wojciechowski. I have all of the teams and the programs in the league. Marquette is public enemy number one for me. Wow. Why, why, is, why are they public enemy number one? I hate Marquette. Now, I understand not liking Woj, because the dude's just annoying, sweaty, and actually not really a great coach. And he's not a great coach, and he's a dick. He comes across like a huge dick on the sideline. He comes across very spoiled. Yeah. He complains about every freaking call. He's always whining and bitching. And, like, by the way, this isn't just because they play us. We went to the Seton Hall Marquette game last mm. year in the Big East tournament, and he threw a shift fit on the sideline, just went absolutely bonkers. And then after the game too, and he complained about the refs. He blames everything on everyone else. He doesn't take any responsibility. I don't like Steve Wojciechowski. And he's got no track record too. It's no. not like he's like a two-time national champion who can like, yeah, I can throw a fit because I've done X, Y, and Z. No, he's not even a one-time anything. He's not he's nothing. Yeah, he literally has nothing. His team choked down the stretch last year. We tried to give them the Big East championship last year. We like literally were like doing our best to give them the Big yeah. East championship last year, and they didn't want it. And so, and so you got that. So his team choked down the stretch. He lost his after Howard. He lost their next two best players um, uh, this year, and and he's not. I, I just don't like him at all. And I think that their fan base emulates the coach. I really do. Mm. I haven't interacted with really any Marquette fans, so. I'm not going to make a statement about the Marquette. The other race. thing, it's easy for me to hate Marquette because they're all the way out in, like, Wisconsin and no one cares. Yeah, there you go. No one cares about Marquette. That's, that's probably true. Uh, but Marquette is a tournament team. They'll make the dance. Um, Howard's obviously one of the best players in the league and the country. He's a hell of a player. He could put up 40 on you in an instant. And it's going to be a tough game. They beat us at their place. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, obviously, we tried to make it close in the second half. But yeah, couldn't, but no, couldn't get over was, the hump you know, at all. We, we just let really it go did. in the first half, which another thing that's been a common thread with this Ugh. team is slow starts. But I expect, coming off of three straight losses, that these and having lost to Marquette earlier, that these guys are going to come out punching and and try and and try and beat the crap out of this team. Now, last week, I think you and I both predicted a two and a week, which. Obviously, did not turn out that way. I'm predicting another 2 0 week. <laughs> Hopefully, this one turns out a little bit better. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, I think the Marquette game ends up following the same script that we've had. Slow start for Villanova, but I think we keep it a little bit closer and we end up winning a close one in the end. Temple, I think we control from the start and just get the job done. 
like it. All right. Um, so that's the week ahead. What else? Anything else? A little NBA news, I guess. Uh, trade deadline. I will do a quick oh, shout yeah. out there. Oh, so I was really bummed to see this actually. And look, you realize the NBA is a business, and the players are just dealing with it. They got to go where they're told. Unfortunate outcome, Omari Spellman got traded from the Golden State Warriors to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now look, Golden State was terrible this year. We get it. But what I really liked about Omari's start at Golden State was that he had been getting some decent minutes. He had slimmed down from a physical standpoint considerably. And really, from a mental standpoint, he seemed in a much better spot. And we're not just speculating about that. We talked about this earlier in the season. He actually came out. There was a couple articles about it. He stated how he was in a better spot mentally. One of the things I kind of just gauged a little bit was you even look at social media. Like, you see him interacting with, like, Eric and with the other Nova guys. Like, it just seemed like he was in a little bit of a better spot. And I'm just hoping that the move to Minnesota doesn't disrupt that. Hopefully he can keep the momentum of like, hey, yeah, I am doing better mentally. I'm going to take that into a new challenge and kind of dominate. That said, a little bit of a a tougher environment um, to go out there and join a team midseason where you haven't had a chance to work through that with the guys. But, you know, best of luck to him, and and we're definitely pulling for him. Let's talk real life for a second. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes we can distance ourselves from the humanity of some of these players. Yeah. And I think that it's always good to remember certain things and to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. So, like, Omari is 21. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, he's a young guy. Yeah. He's a young guy. And... And imagine, I mean, yeah, he makes millions of dollars. He's making good money. Sure. Right? And, like, great for him, and that's an advantage that a lot of people will never have. So, truth about that. But he's also 21 years old. Okay? And here he is. He's in the league. He's out on his own. And he's, he's playing for his, like, fourth team, or third or fourth team. Third team, yeah. And... And he's and he's got to move now from the Bay Area where he was doing well and kind of getting back on his feet and like doing something. And now he's got to like leave that and all of a sudden go to this new team in a totally different area, totally different part of the country where he's probably got very little of a social network and and kind of like rebuild. That's tough. That's not easy stuff to deal with. I feel like sometimes we say, well, oh, these guys have a lot of money, so like whatever. We like forget the human aspect. Yeah. There was an, an article or something that came out about Isaiah Thomas, like IT4, yeah. um, about how he got moved in the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And he was upset because he had just wanted to get and be and have a home for his family. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, like, do you feel bad for people who are making millions of dollars? Yeah, I'm not telling you to feel bad about players who make yeah. millions of dollars. Like, like I'm not saying that. Like, a lot of people are struggling with a lot less and have to do that. But, like, imagine being 21 years old and getting shipped all over the place left and right to, 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 to work. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough for sure. Yeah. And I, one of the other things, too, that he's got to deal with is not just kind of reestablishing a social presence, but he now has to totally reprove himself. Like, he's kind of starting from zero with this Ag- team, again, right? Again. Again. Um, and it's, it's tough, too, given that it's not like he is a, a known 20-point scorer who is just going to get slotted in and get 30 minutes a night. No, he's going to have to fight and scrap his way to get five or ten minutes a night, and then 
be able to prove himself and show that he can contribute in that limited time frame, which is challenging in and of itself. And we've talked about that with our guys um, and our team, that how challenging it is for people just to, to pop in for a couple minutes and be able to contribute. So he's going to have to deal with all that again as well. Yeah. I feel for Omari uh, quite a bit here. I mean, some people might say, well, you know, he didn't have to leave as early as he did, and maybe if he stayed longer, he'd been okay. But like, come on, like you're not going to turn down. No, I, I mean, the I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the point. And you look at a guy like like Josh Hart, right? In contrast, who he was here for all four years. You know, also was like, hey, I've got a great start with the Lakers. Things are going moderately well, and then boom, he get traded. Like that's that's just the way it is. Yeah. And and don't get us wrong too. Like, I was thinking about actually this this whole trade deadline earlier this week in the context of real life and. You know, people who are working corporate jobs get restructured and get told to transfer as well. So and laid off and or, laid off. Yeah. So everybody deals with it. But yeah, it's it's still that doesn't make it any easier for Omari. Doesn't make it any easier for anybody else who's not Omari going through that as right. well. So just something to kind of keep in mind as as we go through this. And yeah, I think we'll try to keep in mind too. Cool. All right. So I guess that was. I'm trying to think. Is there any other big any other big NBA updates for us? Not really too much. Nobody else on Last Nova week was, we talked about Pascal making the, uh, the rising stars. The rising yeah. stars. Yeah. yeah. So. Nobody else from Nova was moved during the trade deadline. So, um, so that's a plus. Yeah. Brunson keeps seem, seeming to do well um, over in uh, yeah, Dallas. He, he had a bit of a little, a little bit of a lull for a while, but he seems to have worked through that. He actually had a, a couple get a couple nice games recently. So, hat tip to him as always. And Dante's, as we've discussed, made a good name for himself in, in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, anything else that we want to cover this week? Um, I don't got much else. I mean, just a couple of things to really just hit home again with, with our fans here is that we got an interview that's going to come up with Chuck Everson on the podcast. We also are going to get Daryl Reynolds on the podcast at some point in time yep. as well. Um, talk to him a little bit about what he's doing with the Stay Tuned Network that we're now part of. Um, so we're, we're trying to bring more interviews. That's going to be a, a feature of the podcast coming forward. Um, and it's going to be a lot like how we did with Shaq, where we kind of talk about life and, and like get the story behind the, behind the person and the program and, and really dig into that and bring you that interesting content that we really don't think has been off told. Yeah. Um, so, But that said, we're going to keep bringing you your regular game season updates yep. keep you up to date on what's going on with the team and what you should be thinking about as we move forward in the season. Absolutely. And if there are particular things that you want to hear us talk about, feel free to text us, DM us, do whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Any questions ideas. you want us to a- answer, like please let us know. Um, so with that said, I am actually pulling up to Rob's apartment right now. Perfect timing. Um, he's hitting a bunch of potholes as we do it. Um, So stay tuned with us. We love having you here. Thanks a lot for listening. And as always, let's go Nova. Nova.